And welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, everyone. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett. Nickname from years ago that my friends would uh, call me Crazy Dre. I came up with Crazy Crockett because I like David Crockett and I'm crazy. And then, again, Andre's podcast, but you can find me on the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. You can also... Send me emails on at uh, crazydrepodcastshow at gmail.com for any info. Uh, I'm still learning how to do podcasts in the most uh, efficient way. Uh, this podcast that I created is for, really for me, for myself, and, and other people that may have some form of disability or you know, vo- um, some physical disability or maybe some uh, speaking disability as well. Uh, but today I'm going to talk about something that, you know, probably for most of us, we're maybe a little bit uncomfortable with, uh, and it's going to be porn. Is porn bad or good for us? Is porn too much? What is porn? Is porn just basically watching people having sex or is it just also include of people or especially women who are in their bathing suits, uh, showing off their, um, the uh, the buttocks and their uh, sizes of their boobs and their waistline and and so on and so forth. I mean, most of us who uh, who grew up in the '90s and was born in the '70s, we grew up in an era where you know cheap porn was still kind of awkward. Uh, it was an era of where porn was becoming more accessible and you still had to pay for it uh, it was not it was, it was still a cliche and maybe somewhat abnormal but uh, the reason why I want to talk about this is because recently I was on uh, watching YouTube and I saw uh, Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro talking about porn and how they think that porn is really bad for our society in our development as people. And I think the people that they're talking about is their age group. People within who are between like 22 or 16 to to like 30, 35. And their perspective is that even the most cliche of porn of women or girls or young women in their 20s in their bathing suits and their thongs and their two-piece showing off their um their waistline and their and the and and their bodies as you can tell i stutter so i would kind of uh, disagree with those two i think that porn is a bit obnoxious to a point where I think we all know that most people that have sex in a porn scene is fake is fake all all around. Uh for those that don't understand what porn really is is watching two people have sex during being videotaped or on camera. But what they what's what's really going in the background is that they have fluffers, and fluffers are women or other people that keep the guy sexually aroused until the scene starts. And most of us know that 
sex doesn't start that way. Most times people have to integrate, uh, uh, turn each other on emotionally and physically, and one thing leads to another, and then two people have sex. And we can also say that the women in those sex scenes, in those porn sex scenes, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, they were basically all lubed up, ready to go without, you know, getting um, turned on. So they they needed to speed up the process of the of the porn scene. And that's the type of era that I grew up in the porn scene. Not that I was in the porn scene, but from Playboy Hustler and then these uh, videos that you would buy at at blockbuster or, or any hometown video store and um, that's where the porn i identify what porn is where they are identifying porn as women who are in their bathing suits who are basically showing off their their thighs and their and their and, and their ass and their boobs and and in reality sex and women's uh figure have always been kind of the center point of of our society or even any society and during the 1950s we can start with the 50s women were just starting to get into bathing suits playboy just came out uh hugh hefner the playboy uh magazine uh, developer he basically hired Marilyn Monroe and she was somewhat nude. And that in itself made a huge break point, a breakthrough to women's uh, feminist side of them. During the 1950s, it was still uh, a very dominant male, okay for men to have um, sexual partners and women were supposed to be uh, sitting home with the kids and reading the Bible, and and by the time the '70s show up, Hustler came out, and they concentrated more on the woman's vagina, and and that's what most straight guys really do concentrate on. And yes, most of us like big boobs or nice hips and all that, but the area of the body of the, where uh, where the the reproduction uh, ceremony is where it really matters. So by the 1970s, you had this guy named, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going on a a blank, Hustler Magazine. Oh my gosh, I can't remember his name, but I remember it. So he came up with that, and he said, well, this is what most guys like, and this is why most guys like this, because that's the whole point of having sex. You're not having sex with boobs. You're not having sex with a butt. You're having sex with a vagina. And where it, and what happened, though, is that feminism in the 1970s, it was a, a, a new revolution for women to be allowed to, to, to have a sexual need and to be uh, an equal sexual, uh, have a sexual drive and and 
and a lot of times women people forget that that there were times where in the 1970s you know it was very cool for women to be in their daisy dukes and it was really cool for women to wear shirts where you could see the cleavage cleavage and you could see their long legs and wide hips and and i think ben shapiro and candace owens don't remember that now women are wearing thongs and bathing suits, but in reality, it's not much different than it was in the, in the 1970s. So, so by the time it was the 1990s, porn was on the internet. Well, I should say 1990s because the internet didn't exist until like 2003 or four. But in reality, oh yeah, well, it did exist in 1994. 596 because that's when my we first got our first computer uh american online aol but to get to access porn you actually didn't get to see that until 2005 2006 and these porn sites which would start to pop up and women were either participating in sex or there's a huge number of cases where they think that a lot of old uh, porn is is illegal porn and it was based on sex trafficking and sexual exposure to to very young youth minor kids. But I think they I think to me their argument is a little off because they don't really concentrate the idea that 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 the porn industry is very dangerous not just for uh, exposing women or exposing young men but there's a huge sex trafficking episode going on but there but for me for, to defend porn you have to remember that there are plenty of women out there that have professional jobs that are not married that will self-pleasure their, themselves in front of strangers at home on video cams and they're totally okay with it. And they're, it's a kind of like a old strip joint. But instead of going to a strip joint, you're going to to a website where women are participating in in that type of fashion of entertainment. So I think the conception is that they're thinking that porn is destroying the relationships of men and women. But in reality, what's really destroying the relationships between men and women is the politics of marriage and child support and the judgment of the court system and that's what's really destroying relationships between men and women it's not actually porn so for example if a man gets married to a girl and they have nothing and they get and then eventually they start investing the money into properties and houses and other things that they want if she decides that she's no longer in love with them, she can literally pick up and leave. 
And that from that point in instance, he will lose over 50% of any of his assets. And that's what's destroying marriage. That's what's destroying relationships. Because the people that watch porn are always going to be watching porn. The people that have never watched porn are never going to see it. And that in itself, they can still get divorced from their spouse for the same reason I just explained about by the by finances, losing money. The people who are watching porn, they've always watched porn. From the time that they were 16 years old, from the time that they're now 55 to 70 years old, they've always had porn in the back of their mind. Maybe they have a higher amount of libido. Maybe they have a, a higher sexual drive. Or maybe... They don't have any type of long-term relationships that will feel the need of having a, a productive marriage. Some people just don't get married. Some people don't like getting married. Some people don't or should not get married because their sexual libido, their sexual drive to want to uh, have multiple sexual partners is much more important to them than having one partner and being completely unhappy. Now, I know that Ben Shapiro is a Jewish descent and a, and is very belief on his Jewish beliefs. And Candace Owens is a very well-known Christian woman. So their expectations of sex is totally different from the person that needs is sexual drive with sexual different sexual partners. Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro would prefer to have one girl and one guy and to communicate with them for years and have uh, their sexual moments at a time and place that they feel it's necessary. And their goal in life is based on their religious beliefs. And that means if they decide to have kids together and they do do it for the love of Jesus, they'll do it for the love of their of their prophet, then that's their part of their of their sex life. And they may not want to have any other relationship outside their marriage, but you can't discipline people for having a higher sex drive that want to have sexual partners the dangerous thing that we're teaching that they that ben shapiro and candace owens are are missing is that not only are men are losing financially in the court system and i think that i would correct that i think ben shapiro said that that's changing a little bit but not much but what is important to understand that that men and women have been taught to to be against each other. So by the 1990s, women were going to college, women were going to high-tech schools, women were uh, uh, kind of be motivated to be very successful financially and independently uh, 
live her life and be able to do everything for herself. In the 1990s, when those women got married and had kids, they got divorced to their husbands and raised their kids by themselves. And the next generation of women saw the same thing. They say, well, if my mom can do it without my dad and and she is working and she graduated from college, then I can do the same thing and I don't need a man in my life. And I think men are jerks because my dad's a jerk because my mom said so. I'm just putting that out there. I just, it could be different reasons, but I'm assuming that's what it would be. It could be very much that their dad is a jerk and he was a deadbeat dad. But that generation from the 1990s, when they had, when they got married and had kids in a traditional format, most of those people in the 1990s and early 2000s, there was a 63% of people getting divorced. Now it's 50%, which is lower than it was back then. And then at the same time, they were teaching men that that school wasn't important, that if you're not quick with your mind, that you weren't ready to go to college, you shouldn't go to school, you should just get a job like at Ford and GM and Chrysler and a factory job. And what happened is that those jobs, by the 1980s, they disappeared to South America. So all these men didn't have a sufficient enough money to support themselves or their spouse. So all these women who are graduating from college, they're not going downgrade to a guy that has no college degree because now, now they have a college degree, but the guy doesn't. So if the guy can only make $40,000 a year and she makes $60,000 a year, it shouldn't really matter who makes more money, but it does because it's been taught that men should be supporting their wives, not women supporting their husbands. There's, and that's something that most people kind of forget. So women are now the prominent alpha female, and now men are kind of like these sheep followers hoping that they find a woman to, to take care of them. But that's causing a problem. And people are blaming, are, are blaming porn for that. But what happens with men or what happens to people, not just people with disability, but people who just kind of give up on love, they'll, they'll think that sex is love because that's the, most, that's the number one step in all relationships is, is you become physically attracted to somebody. And then when you become physically attracted to somebody, you can connect with them and see if you're emotionally connected to them as well. And then as, and as, and when you start to grow with each other, then the sex doesn't become as important as the emotional part of the relationship. And then you grow from that, you have kids and you, and you bring up the kids together and you, teach the kids good morals and good, just good thoughts and good ideas, then you focus on the 
kids, then the sex doesn't become that important. But when people like myself, who've been rejected by women time and time and time again, and they think I'm funny or cute or, or you know, some women may even think I'm that I am some cause sexy, but because I don't have a left hand that works and I kind of wobble back and forth, I'm not projected into be part of that community of people that should be having sex. So what happens is that then I become alone, then I have those same type of passions and interests to to want someone of the opposite sex, not just emotionally, but physically. So what happened to me is that I ended up watching porn. And that was my gateway to my so-called sexuality, which is kind of weird to say that on a podcast. So porn became a part of my lifestyle because it replaced a person that I would have dated if I was attracting enough or if I wasn't looking disabled. If I, if I didn't look so disabled, I probably would have got married and had a couple of kids and maybe got divorced and maybe would have been kind of angry and bitter towards women. But I'm not because I understand the course of the human nature of people uh, combining together and growing together. But I would, people with disability, men with born disability, we are not expected to be sexually active. We're not supposed to be sexually driven species. We're supposed to be very happy to happy to be alive, happy to be in existence. We should be happy to just be able to be around the presence of women because, they, you know, having a woman around us is a magical thing, but it really nothing happens. And what happens to men with disability, women can start to think, can start to talk down to us, can project us as uh, uh, smaller than they are, uh, we're not as important to them in an emotional and physical way, so they have a way of telling us what we should say and what we should do and how we should behave and and everything else. So if I was into this is a true story. So when I was uh, in my twenties, I was very shy, and my friends would take me and my other buddies to downtown, and we would go clubbing and go drinking. And I can tell you this, that at one time, there was a girl that I was talking to um, at this bar named Taps. And now it's a B-dubs in, on Ionia Street. And what happened was that I started flirting with her, and she had her friend with her. And she kept listening to me and talking to me, and we were integrating, and we were talking, and it was really going very well. Well, her friend Roy freaked out just because of the way I look. And she asked my friends, who were two big, two big black guys, and I'm a white guy, so I'm a short person. I'm 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, on a good day. 
and I'm talking to this girl, and she's relatively not very pretty, but very acceptable. I was I was enjoying her company, but her friend freaked out because she thought that her friend was wasting her time, their time, talking to me because those two could easily go find a better looking guy to talk to. So what happens with people like me is that other people get involved in my conversations and my relationships with other women and if they don't feel it's appropriate for me to talk to your girl or to present myself in a way that any other straight guy could, then they can get they can totally destroy my relationship. They'll call me creepy, they'll tell me that you're inappropriate, you shouldn't have said that, uh, the girl really doesn't like you, she feels sorry for you, and then what happens? Then that means I'm by myself 95% of the time. So from the time I go to work, I'm around people and patients. When I come home, I'm either watching a baseball game or doing something with my podcast or doing something with uh with Fruit Loop Studio or just reading reading about books about people who are very successful but I, but that 95% of the time is by myself so i was taught to think okay i know that most girls are not going to like me i know i'm probably going to die single and then my last resort is what? Porn. That's all I have. That's my that's my girlfriend. That's my spouse. And to be honest with you, saying that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. It really is. By the time you get into your late thirties and forties, you realize that porn is really stupid. But most people don't have an avenue. Most people who are disabled don't have an avenue outside of it. Most of us will have to find a girl who might be way too not attracting enough for you because you, you, every disabled man has a certain type of girl that he likes, just like every able-bodied man has a girl that they like. So what happens is that people like me are going to have to date a girl that we may not be attracted to. But just to have her around is just almost enough to keep us happy. And not to mention that she may not want you as a partner, but she also realizes that, hmm, well, I'm not that good looking either, so I should be with him. So that becomes a problem in itself because we're not actually dating each other because we're more physically attracted to each other. We're dating each other because there's nothing out, there's nowhere to go. There's no one else out there. So as much as that's sad, that is also true about, about my relationships. And I think that, and I think that when you hear Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens, you gotta. I know they're speaking in behalf of people who are able-bodied people, and they're probably talking about every average American man and average American woman. But people go through a lot of bad relationships, 
you know, Candace and and Ben Shapiro, you know, I can't assume that they're having a great sex life. There's no way. I think they're having a very safe sex life. I think they feel really safe with their partners. And it's just an average people who've been married for, I don't know, five, ten years, maybe Candace been married less than more than three years. But, but you know what? There are plenty of people out there that that would have a relationship with another girl if there wasn't a financial struggle. Especially guys out there who have been married and divorced and now they lost everything. And it's like they get involved with another girl and it doesn't go so well. They really go broke. And if you don't have high expectations in your sex life with your wife or your husband, then your marriage is going to be great. If you only have sex with her during Christmas, every New Year, and your birthdays, that's four times. And and maybe July 5, 4, July 4th, that'd be five times. So if you if you want to have sex with your partner only in certain times of the year, and you can math and you, you you can mathematically figure it out. Like, I only need my wife to have sex with me eight times a year. Yeah, your marriage is gonna be great. And if she feels the same way, your marriage is gonna be awesome. It really will be awesome. But most guys and most girls want to have sex more than eight times a year. I'm pretty sure that both parties would have sex as many times as they can if they didn't have to go through periods and they don't have to go through uh, making sure that they don't get pregnant and the guy doesn't have to wear a condom. We'd be having sex all the time. Male and female would be having sex all the time. It wouldn't be a problem. But porn is not a problem. Porn is just an excuse of why people don't get together no more. That's all it is. All right, folks. I took a little bit longer than I thought I would do to talk about this stuff. Uh, I know that's a subject that most people, you know, kind of, I think they accept to talk about it, but they don't feel comfortable about it because not everyone looks like uh, Elvis Presley or not everyone looks like Marilyn Monroe or or any new uh, Instagram model. You know, it's just an awkward conversation. So if you're you're out there and you're listening and you enjoy the podcast, you know, I I would ask you to follow me. That's the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Find me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I I I am a forty some year old man who's been singing my whole life. So that was my perspective on porn. And uh thank you for listening and have a good day. Or good night. Peace and love.